I apologize already kind of for a dry throat. I feel great, but I don't sound so great. So, uh, amen. You remember our punchline last week? I passed out a few of these at the end of service. I know it was a long time ago. What, what, what did this little, little uh, piece of tarp say? Anybody remember? Now you're acting like my high school kids. What do you mean? I was supposed to remember last week's sermon? Because I think weekly there's going to be a punchline, something to take home with you, and hopefully that punchline then will take you on to your, like, through, through the week. And so, anybody want to give it a shot? What last week's? I, I heard it. I heard it. Take something, not my wallet. Not my car. Okay, bring them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. We talked about the four friends who loved the crippled man enough to take them, to take him into the presence of the Lord. Was, were there obstacles? What were the obstacles? Do you kind of remember? The place was full. And so they went up to the roof. And there's always a wise guy in the crowd. And they said, now what are we going to do? We're going to take him to the roof. We've come this far. We're not going to let this stop us. So when we get to the roof, then what are we going to do? We're going to lower him down. I don't know. I asked who brought the rope. I'm not sure who brought the rope. The Bible doesn't say who brought the rope. But to lower him down, you had to have how many pieces of rope? Probably four. Unless you had like two and you threaded it through, but there was going to be four corners. Have you ever tried to lower something down level before? I made the little joke. I'm not sure if anybody got it. The guy was already paralyzed. Please don't drop me. Okay? We, I mean, just life, right? I mean, like, like, yeah, just don't drop me. And then one of the guys might have said, then what? And there's a place in time that is called faith. And you say, that's up to Jesus. Because all we can do is bring him to Jesus and we can't do anything else. We can be a friend, we can encourage, we can laugh, we can pray. But when it comes to what Jesus does, it's up to who? Jesus. So often we're afraid that when we bring somebody to Jesus, nothing's gonna happen. Or we pray that prayer and nothing happens. Or we bring them to church and nothing happens. And we get this sense of Sunday night, what we're praying for is a room full of people expecting for Jesus to show up. And so we talked about a room of expectation. So we've been praying for a room of people expecting the Lord to show up. That's, I pray that grows here on Sunday morning. Uh, I thank you for being here. But just being here is, is like, so now what? We're here. What, what's going to happen? And when the word of God is open, our camp theme was thirst. Let us be thirsty. Let, let us have expectations for what God is going to do. So we know that this man was healed spiritually. because It was kind of crazy because the friends did not bring the paralyzed man to have his sins forgiven. I don't know. It's obvious 
that we're thinking more about the physical healing. And the first thing Jesus did when he met the man on the mat, he said, your sins are forgiven. Somewhere the first time I met Jesus, really met Jesus, guess what he said to me? Your sins are forgiven. I was only six. I probably had some really bad sins then. But I was still a sinner, broken and in desperate need for the Lord. But because Jesus told me that at family camp, your sins are forgiven. Every time I'm with Jesus, he whispers the same thing to me. He says, your sins are forgiven. That's a great starting place. Of course, he asked us to confess our sins. The man on the mat didn't have a chance to even confess his sins. He looked up and saw their faith, and I could just see those four guys looking down with those big old silly grin on your face. Do you know people with big silly grins? This guy has one of them. (laughs) Don't you meet people just have just a, you you know, uh uh-huh. They're looking down. I was like, what is God going to do now? We've got him in the presence of the Lord. You know what? And what God does is up to God and his timing and his ways and his, his, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But he asks us to what? Bring them to Jesus. I remember when you brought your daughter. That was your heart, wasn't it? She longed. You, you had a mommy's heart that somehow your daughter came to a place that Jesus was her Lord and Savior. How did it happen? Brought her here, and you just kept praying. You even had her live with you for a while. Maybe she still is living there. Maybe that's another prayer need. I don't know. Take them to Jesus. So as a church, we're wanting to learn how to do that. We want to learn how to do that together. Did the worship team help you to meet Jesus today? Okay? So it happens everywhere. Children and nursery workers right now. So Melissa is teaching super church for the very first time. She's been to Mexico with us. She's been the counselor at camp. And all of a sudden, there was a need this morning. And the little doors began to kind of close. And I don't know what God's doing, other than she said what? Yes. She said, Pastor Guy, did you know that I went to school to be a teacher? I didn't know, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know what God's going to do. But there's people all over this place working together to what? Bring people to Jesus. So why? what was your favorite part about Mexico last spring? Building a church. And this morning, that church is pretty full. In fact, this mission trip, we're taking chairs because they're so full. When Sylvester went there, he had to stand up for the whole service. So we're going to take more chairs. We'll probably buy them at Costco down in Mexico. 
Because, like, who wants to come to church and not have a chair to sit in? There's a great picture of Wyatt and I think Mikey hanging off the rafters, right? It was Sean. You weren't hanging upside down like a monkey off the rafters that you helped build? Taking them to Jesus. So I have a new punchline today. That was, that was just like, so next week, okay? So we're going to ask God. I know Chad goes, man, what are you doing, Pastor Guy? You, <laughs> Lord, we just, we bow and we pray that your next word from your word will come alive. Lord, that somehow we'll learn to hear your word and then also act on your word. So a, a wise man hears the word of God and then acts on it, and a foolish man hears God's word and just kind of walks away. So Lord, this week, I look for any opportunity to bring people in the presence of God. And Lord, in a few moments, we're going to open up a new, come a new word, new fresh manna from heaven that would uh, speak into our hearts, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7 together. Matthew. Like, I don't know if you're supposed to give the punchline at the beginning or the end. Usually, at, when you're telling a joke, you got to save the punchline for what? At the end. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm not telling a joke. <laughs> this is pretty serious. So I'm going to tell you the punchline at the very beginning. And the punchline is, whose door are you knocking on? What happens when you knock on your best friend's front door? What do you expect to happen when you knock on the door? Anybody? They're going to open it? What's going to happen once they open it? Come on in. What, what, what happens? Is there a sense of excitement to knock on your front, your, right? Kind of get what's happening there? I've made a joke that Chad doesn't even knock on my door. He just walks in. Like, whoa, that's how comfortable Chad is. I usually know he's coming. And my dog goes crazy no matter what. Whose door are you knocking on? Kind of even determines how you knock. Sally and I are neighbors, I mean, really neighbors. And uh, she went, came knocking on my door. It was a friendly knock. I didn't know who it was. And Sally had cookies for us, healthy cookies. Is there such a thing? That day there was. I ate four of them. Sally, in knocking my door, did you know that you're going to be welcomed? Yeah. So you ever been to a stranger's door? or maybe even an adversary's door? Have you ever been hit by someone and they won't return your call? So all you have, like, they hit your car and you dial their number and they never, they never answer and then you write a kind letter and they don't answer and maybe even get brave enough to write a 
letter and put it on their front door because you exchange all the information. You kind of know where they live. And finally you say what? I need to what? I need to go knock on their door and talk to them what? Face to face. Is that comfortable? No, that's terrible. It's like, how is this going to work out? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks, receives. And anyone who seeks, what? Finds. Anyone who knocks on a door, the door will be open. Today we're going to talk about prayer. And one of the metaphors of prayer in this scripture is when you're knocking. Amen? And whose door are you knocking on when you begin to pray? has a lot to do with your attitude. Who's behind that door has a lot to do with the way you approach that door and what you expect in that door. It's exactly what this little parable is talking about. Which of you, if if your son asked for bread, would give him a, what? Stone. Or if you asked for a fish, you would give him a, Snake. Kind of like, wow, it's kind of a crazy get your attention. If then, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, of course, my son asks for a piece of bread, I'm going to give him what? The best I have. I'm going to give him bread. And if, and if he asks for a fish, I'm going to do the very best I can, and I'm going to give him fish. He says, even an earthly father, even a father that's not perfect, even a father, he says here, is evil, you're not going to give your son or your daughter just the opposite. Because why? Because you love them and you want to provide for them. And then he kind of flips the coin over. How much more Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who asks? What type of father do we have? Okay, a heavenly father. And it but the scripture tells us that when we pray, we can we can ask. We can seek and we can even knock. And the God that we have behind that door is a God that loves us, that created us, and has beautiful things for us. Amen? Okay, I'm going to give my voice a rest. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're not done. But we're going to sing about a good, good father. And the punchline is what? Whose door are you knocking on? And the Bible says that we need to come. And we need to understand that we have a good, 
good father that loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, that he has plans for us, plans to bless us, that God wants to give us a piece of bread when we ask for a piece of bread. And we begin to build this relationship where if he says, no, guy, I'm not going to give you that right now, because he's a good, good father, I can say, okay, I can wait. In fact, God, you know best. You, have you ever asked for something and the good, good father said no? Does that change him to a bad father? No. It's like, because he's a good, good father, and he has proven it over and over again, he may say no. Okay, who here ever dated and you said, Lord, can I marry this person? And then the Lord said, no. And then down the road, you're going, I'm so glad. Because that wasn't the person that you wanted me to marry anyway. Right? Have anybody here ever had a major or something that you wanted to pursue? I wanted to be a probation officer. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool way to help kids. And as I kind of moved into that, the Lord said, no, because I have what? Something better for you. Well, that's hard to handle. I told God, okay, I'm going to go back and be a bricklayer. My brother and my dad. That's what I want to be anyway. I don't know why I came to school anyway, because I think I want to be a bricklayer. And he said, what? No, I've got something wonderful for you. Will you trust me? Will you listen to me? Will you depend on me? Because I am a what? Good, good father. So as we learn how to pray, and as a church, we're going to kind of call you to prayer. And on Wednesday, we're going to start chapter one. And then Tuesday, I mean Wednesday, Thursday, we'll go number chapter two. Two. And so it's a 40-day prayer journey, which you'll kind of do it on your own or in your home. And we're going to learn about what it is to come to the right door and knock. Have you ever heard the statement, wait a minute? That usually means I'm getting my clothes on. Or the cows is a mess and I'm going to pick it up. There's times that I've knocked on my good, good father. And he said, wait a minute. For those who wait upon the Lord, what will happen? Your strength will be renewed. He says, don't give up praying. Be persistent. Well, I give it to you too quick because I'm not your, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not your daddy. I'm your heavenly father, and I know what's best for you. Because I'm a good, good father. So when you knock, let's spend some time together. I was hanging out, I was talking to my brother on the phone. And God's doing some really cool things in his life, and he's still a bricklayer, and he wish he wasn't. His knees hurt, his hips hurt. He said, I was with God, and I was just with God. And we were praying, and it was like, okay. He says, but it was really cool because it got, like, intimate. Sometimes we were, like, 
praying for somebody that needs Jesus. We're praying for a good friend that needs a job. And it's called intercession. And we're interceding for people. It's kind of like battle. Some of you guys love to battle in prayer. Kirk said, I wasn't battling. All of a sudden, I felt this intimacy. Intimacy with God is a little scary. Sometimes it's easier to battle. Because then you don't have to get too close. You just start praying over people. And he's, he, my brother Kirk said, so what do you want me to do, God? I'm ready. I'll do anything you ask me. My brother said, I began to cry. I said, what did you begin to cry for? You know me. I don't cry much, he said. Because what God asked me was, can I just hug you? I said, what did you do? I let God hug me, and I cried a little bit more. Because he's a good, good father. So as we move into our prayer time as a church, and as we begin to see God's direction, there's time for intercession. There's time for praise. There's time for prophetic words from God. But God is saying, can I just hold you? Can you just be comfortable with me? Can you learn to trust me? Can you learn to depend upon me? Is it okay if I say no? I guess so. I don't like it, but yeah. Or not now. Can you understand my heart? Because of an earthly, my, my the best dad in the world. My dad, my best dad, boom. I mean, Stu Drummond, boom, was the best dad. But nothing compared we went fishing. We jumped off rocks. We did crazy things. People who met my dad says, now I know why you're so crazy, Pastor Guy. Nothing compared to my heavenly father. I guess my prayer is, sounds kind of different. Your pastor is that you understand how good God is. And the areas that you're still confused about, you just give it to him. You still have a loved one? They're not saved yet. I don't know about you. I drive them down these streets. I meet situations. I don't have the answers. You guys want to lead us in? to enter into the presence of the Lord. Maybe you don't feel worthy. Allow the the blood of Jesus to wash away the sins, the doubts, the pain, Who you are. 
this good, good Father. Through the Word of God, you bet. The other way to get to know this good, good Father is through prayer. And just learning to come into kind of the presence of the Lord. That's why we often say, dear God or dear Lord, here I am. Prayer is along with the Word of God, Bible study. Prayer is one of the ways to get to know your good, good Father. Isaiah was a prophet, and he was having a prayer time, and he had one of those kind of crazy, cool, experiences where he was really intimate with God. And the first thing he wanted to do was run. He said, whoa, whoa, I'm a man with unclean lips. I'm a man with a wicked heart. I'm a man that doesn't even deserve to be in the presence of my God. And the good, good father took care of that. The good, good father in Isaiah 6 had one of the angels, one of the seraphs, go to the altar brought a coal, Old Testament and cleansed Isaiah, the prophet. Through prayer, there was this Isaiah 6, Isaiah just 
dialogue, kind of back and forth. Of course, he writes the book and he talks about what God said and then what he said and what God did and what the angels did and then what he heard and then what he said. And prayer is an opportunity to to understand the heart of God, his love for you. It takes a little while. We don't always have the Isaiah 6 experiences. We don't always have the camp experiences or the overflow experience. I'm coming expecting next Sunday night. We're praying for people to be healed. We're not seeking the healing. We're going to seek the healer. If God wants to heal them, praise the Lord. We're not going to be afraid to bring people to the healer. And if God wants to fill someone, we're not going to tell God how to do it. But he is the one who fills. Matthew 5, 6, young people, for those who hunger and thirst for God and his righteousness will be filled. Hebrews 4, 16, let this... Let us then approach God's throne of grace. Yeah, there'll be a time of judgment, but we as believers, it's called the throne of grace. With confidence, so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. What an amazing passage of Scripture. Let us, when we come, approach God his throne of grace with confidence. So that, the, that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews says that he empathizes with us. That Jesus was tempted in every way that we were tempted. God the Father says, I've been there. I understand. The greatest part about Jesus is that he was tempted, but never sinned. So he can sympathize, but he can also empower. Let us approach understanding it's the throne of grace that we would receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is page one of uh, day one. I'm going to close with this. Five words tell me everything I need to know about Cornelius. Acts 10.2 He prayed to God regularly. Scripture didn't record when or where or how he prayed. It didn't reveal whether he prayed in the morning or the evening. It doesn't tell us what he said or what posture he prayed in. It just said that he prayed regularly. And when you pray to God regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. You'll never know when or where or how God will invade the routine of your life. But you can live in holy expectations, knowing that God is orchestrating our life. 
like a grandmaster who strategizes the positions of the chess pieces on a chessboard. God is always preparing us and positioning us for divine appointments. And prayer is the way we discern the next move. The plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God. The plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God. We don't get our marching orders until we get on our knees. And if we hit our knees, God will take us places we never imagined going. By paths we didn't even know existed. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. the disciples asked Jesus real simply one day teach us how to pray I don't know how to pray I know how to call out I know how to worship but Lord how do you really really pray and Lord uh, this morning one of the ways is that we knock and we ask and we seek And Lord, we acknowledge that we are knocking on your door. Whose door are we knocking on? A good, holy, perfect Father. And thank you for opening that door and inviting us in. Thank you, Lord, for already taking care of our sin and taking care of our mess through the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, teach us how to walk and knock and seek and ask. Help us be patient. Lord, let us be still long enough that you will even say, can I hold you? because you love us that much, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to sing through this song. And, uh, and when you're done, you're free to go. And if you want to stay, they'll kind of continue to sing. This wasn't planned, but if you want to pray, I'll be up front. And others will be up front. At the same time, maybe God's said enough and like you're, you're able to go. So that's up to you. But let's knock one more time and let's declare that we have a good, good Father. No matter what our circumstances are. 
no matter what pain we're carrying, no matter what questions we have, we have a good, good Father.
don't know, introduce yourself as you're going out. Because it's amazing what, what can happen when we introduce ourselves. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what, what God has in store for a, sim for a simple hello. So we're going to do one more song. You guys are free to go during the song. I just encourage you guys to find someone you've never seen before. <laughs> Everlasting stream, your river carries me home. Let it flow, let it flow. Open the heavens, come living waters. All my fountains, they are in you. You're strong like a river. Your love is running through all my fountains. They are in you. Come on. Come on and rain down on us. Rain down on us, Lord. Come on and rain down on us, rain down on us, Lord. Come on and rain down on us, rain down on us, Lord. And open the heavens and come living waters all my they are in you. You're strong like a river. Your love is running through all my fountains. They are in you. All my fountains. They are in you. All my fountains, they are in you.
Have a great day, everybody.